Modern life. Between careers, kids, and health, it can be mayhem. That's why we're here. I'm Dr. Lisa Varghese-Kroll. And I'm Dr. Lonre Falusi. We're physicians, moms, and longtime friends who break it all down for you. Wondering how to juggle all the balls and still stay sane? Looking for advice but don't want to be overwhelmed? Curious about how to make the most out of life for your family but enjoy it at the same time? You're in the right place. Welcome to Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Welcome to Season 5 of Health and Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Today, we're taking you through one of the biggest game changers around, artificial intelligence and health. What exactly is AI? How is it currently used in healthcare? What does the future hold? And what does all of this have to do with making sure everyone has a fair shot at health? And our hack of the week is sure to make your life a little easier. Hey, hey, Lon. Hey, Lise. Wow, season five. <laughs> Where has the time gone, right? It's so crazy. So <laughs> what have you been up to this summer? Oh, my gosh. Every summer goes a little faster, right? Mm-hmm. Like you and I have always been talking about this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this summer, I mean, working, traveling, running the kids to their summer activities, yeah. trying to get, you know, a little outdoor time. And, well, it's already back to school season. <laughs> yeah. In the blink of an eye. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. Seriously. What about yeah. you? Yeah. No, it's been a busy summer here, too. You know, I've been saying like working traveling, you know, spending time with the family. Yep. I mean, our kids are growing so fast. I know. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I'm getting ready to submit to our robot overlords. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That sounds scary. Yeah, no, <laughs> Care to <no>. elaborate? <laughs> I mean, haven't you heard? The future is now, Lise, right? <laughs> Artificial intelligence, AI is everywhere. You know, chat True. GPT, it's writing dissertations and computers <laughs> are learning everything about everything and then (laughs) and then they're going to bond together and form skynet and the next thing you know we are living in the terminator movie so yeah i'm just getting ready i'm just getting ready mark my words uh okay i mean that got dark fast but (laughs) yeah yes i i hear you i mean it definitely seems like everyone is talking about ai i mean Mm -hmm. my social media feeds alone are full of posts on like new ai enhanced apps and cool art that people are making with ai and but you know maybe we're jumping the gun on calling it skynet just just yet (laughs) i mean maybe okay maybe but it's fine when the robot apocalypse comes I promise, Lise, I will share my emergency rations of chocolate with you. I will. I will. I'll do it. Oh, truly the sign of a true friend. <laughs> That's why I love you. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Uh, all right. Okay. So, so now that we've gotten the panic out of our systems, for the most part, <laughs> let's really talk about AI and how it's impacting one of the most valuable things that each one of us has. We're still talking about chocolate, right? I mean, well, well, yes, that (laughs) and our help. (laughs) Uh, Okay, a close second chocolate, I guess. Close second. (laughs) Uh, So we'll talk about how AI is affecting medical care today and what the future might bring. So here we go. Well, before we jump into why AI is hot news right now, let's start with the basics. You know, what exactly is AI? 
Well, essentially, it's technology that makes it possible for machines to learn and adapt from experiences just like humans do. These computers are programmed to process huge amounts of data and recognize patterns and then predict what the best answer or action or product should be. And you know what's making AI the headline star these days? It's because AI is starting to impact almost every aspect of our lives, from the way we shop to the way we use our cell phones. Right. With like virtual assistants like Siri and Alexa and mm-hmm. Google Assistant. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the discussion really blew up with the release of ChatGPT last year, which people are now using to plan trips and write papers and get relationship advice. Right. So, you know, it's like having a conversation with the smartest person you know. And now there's GPT-4, which was released with a demo showing it create a functioning website from just a little hand-drawn sketch. And it's even past medical licensing. <laughs> it's wild, oh right? You know, Lisa, like, have you tried any of these websites or apps yet? Well, a little bit. I mean, I have to preface it by saying that I'm concerned that the full effects of AI on our society have not really been fully considered or even Mm -hmm. imagined. So I'm not really jumping in head first just yet, but I have tried it for a few things. I asked it to create an itinerary for an upcoming trip. And just out of curiosity, I gave it a list of symptoms and asked it to come up with a differential diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And for both of these queries, it was reasonably accurate. I mean, not thorough, but it definitely gave a good starting point. Yeah, I know. Same. Out of curiosity, I asked ChatGPT to plan a trip that my husband and I were planning to take. Right. And I mentioned what types of things we enjoy doing and the cities we're planning to visit, how long we plan to stay and all of that. And it actually gave what seemed like a pretty good itinerary. Um, but mm-hmm. then I went about you know planning the trip how I usually do, looking at different websites, talking with people I knew who'd been there. And I didn't even think again about the chat GPT recommendation until after we came back and reading it again, we had actually ended up following almost the exact itinerary that it suggested. That is funny, right? But it was probably using data from the same websites that you were reading, right? Exactly. And that's the thing, right? So it's like generative AI, right? It's it's coming up with new ideas, but it's based on what's already out there. And like, yeah, learning. I could have queried it over and over for it to better understand and maybe come up with even better ideas. But it's, yeah, it was was really interesting that at the end of the day, we probably just could have gone with that itinerary. (laughs) Yeah, it is amazing how it can save time in the right Mm -hmm. circumstances. Yeah, exactly. Right. Although, as as we said, we do have to be careful because it does not always give the most accurate responses. Right. So there are, you know, there are lots of caveats with AI and so much promise. So, you know, AI is everywhere and healthcare is no exception. So let's talk about a few areas where AI is being applied right now in healthcare some of which you as a patient may not be even aware is happening. Mm-hmm. So one area that's booming is in radiology. So AI algorithms can analyze medical images like x-rays and MRIs and CT scans with pretty incredible accuracy. Now, this could speed up diagnosis, leading to quicker treatments, which would be amazing. Right. And another huge area is called predictive analytics, which is basically where the software can review data, say a person's entire medical record along with their family history, and make a prediction about what could be causing their current symptoms. Or, and this is just amazing, 
It could predict their risk of a particular future illness, often better than the standard predictors that we currently use that were based on research studies. So the hope is to catch and treat illness early, which, of course, makes for a better quality of life and lower costs, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And AI can also predict outbreaks. So it's like a medical fortune teller analyzing social media and health records to tell us when and where an outbreak might occur. So scientists right now are actually developing and refining technology to predict things like when and how new COVID variants may appear. And let's not forget about robotic surgeries. Robots. Is this where Skynet comes in? <laughs> you know, maybe not this week, Lon. Let's not jump the gun. Okay. <laughs> but, I'll relax. Right, exactly. But, you know, AI-powered robots can perform surgeries with precision and minimal invasiveness. Uh, you know, it's different than just like using a scalpel to cut someone mm -hmm. open. So that could lead to faster recovery times for patients. Yeah, and it's also being used to speed up drug discovery by predicting what compounds would work best against a particular illness or microbe. And I actually wasn't aware of this. Did you know that AI was used to develop a treatment for Ebola in 2015? Yeah. I did not. That is crazy. Pretty incredible. The algorithms completed in one day what would have taken months or even years to discover. It is really like beyond human comprehension. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Beyond what I would have imagined as a kid. And I'm sure what right? our ancestors would have imagined. Right. And, you know, AI is also being used in personalized medicine. By analyzing genetic data, it can help tailor treatments based on an individual's genetic makeup, which could potentially make treatments more effective and reduce side effects. So, you know, these are all really cool innovations, right? But at the core of these innovations is that AI uses data and algorithms which are designed by humans or data that's pulled from large data sets like the whole internet <laughs> or your hospital's electronic health record. And it then continually learns how to improve its own ability to diagnose or treat or predict illness. So that's like really how it's doing all this amazing work. Which in a perfect world would be great and would have no drawbacks, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. But what happens if the data sets that it's using are flawed or contain biases? Is AI technology only learning how to perpetuate bias? So, you know, you and I, we've talked about this many times on our show. Uh, you know, marginalized groups experience bias on both individual and systemic levels in healthcare. Right. We're, even in 2023, still uncovering how much bias is in the medical studies that we all took for granted as being fair and equitable and as therefore being worthy of basing all our medical knowledge on. Mm -hmm. You know, things like predictors for heart disease and lung function and urinary tract infections in kids that all used race as part of the risk calculation in a way that ended up being harmful to the Black community. Right. And, you know, that bias is baked into some of the tools and even like machinery that we use. Right. So um, you know, from the 1780s through the 1860s, Thomas Jefferson, yes, that Thomas Jefferson <laughs> and others speculated that enslaved black people had worse pulmonary function than white people. This was, of course, not based on true science, but that conclusion was made so that the forced labor of enslaved Africans would be considered good for them because it was increasing their lung function um, by in a, as a way to, quote, vitalize the blood, unquote, of enslaved Africans because then they were working hard and expanding their lungs. Like this, 
This was the knowledge that was crafted, right, right, to justify things like slavery. But to this day, most of the software that measures lung function throughout the world still includes a quote unquote correction for black race, right, um, and a correction for Asian race, right. So somewhere between ten to fifteen percent, or four to six percent um, of uh, decreased lung function based on whether you're black or Asian dating all the way back to this super flawed, I don't even want to call it data, but super right, flawed right. like pseudoscience. Yeah. Right, exactly, exactly. Whose goal, again, was just to justify discrimination. Um, and we know now that, of course, you know, things like age and social class and working conditions, what was the environment like where you were working? Those are the things really that mm-hmm. um, affect lung function and what are your exposures um, as opposed to sort of based on race. But we bring this up because when you're thinking about AI pulling from large data sets, these data sets often have um, a basis of being biased because of, you know, like fake numbers that are thrown right. in based on discrimination unscientific conclusions, right? I mean, that's pretty shocking. I think most people would be pretty shocked to find that out, that we're still using this, yeah, fake science, things that were just made up Mm -hmm. to justify an end. And truly any conclusion would have been used to justify slavery, right? So the fact that whatever they decided, whatever story they decided to tell is still being used centuries later in Mm -hmm. medicine is really horrifying, right? It and really at least, is. right? I mean, the thought that at least human beings can, in theory, change their behavior is one thing, but will we be able to change these biases once they've been an AI for centuries? I don't exactly. know. Exactly. And, you, you know, a lot of medical societies now are unraveling a lot of this and right. changing some of these norms. Um, but when we've already kind of baked that into our exactly. data and our software, it's hard to undo. Absolutely. You know, and we have to consider also what the data sets are that AI is being trained on. So AI-driven diagnostic tools for, say, like skin conditions might not work as effectively on darker skin tones if the training data was predominantly from lighter skin tones. Exactly. You know, there's a term coined by a group of public health researchers at Harvard, which is algorithmic bias. Uh, And this means the use of an algorithm that compounds existing inequities in socioeconomic status, race, ethnic background, religion, gender, disability, or other characteristics, which then amplifies inequities in health systems. Right. So it's not even just that AI could mirror the existing inequities in healthcare. It could make them even worse if the machine learning is happening with data that doesn't include a diversity of patients or that doesn't take into account that some groups may have worse outcomes due to problems like discrimination or lack of access. And then physicians and scientists make decisions based on that flawed data. Right. And, you know, having said all of that, AI has the potential to make healthcare more equitable if it is trained on diverse data sets and if the access to this technology doesn't stay in communities that already have the means and access to the best care. You know, the hope is that we get to the concept of algorithmic fairness, ensuring that AI tools provide equitable outcomes for everyone, regardless of their background. Right. And it's not even just about the technical side. Healthcare providers like us, you need Mm -hmm. to be aware of the limitations of AI too, right? It's a tool, not the decision maker. So that's the elephant in the room. Are we heading for a time when AI does become the decision maker? 
you know, will you walk into a doctor's office, tell a screen what you're mm-hmm. feeling and watch as it analyzes your medical history? Maybe it'll instruct a nurse or a technician to draw blood tests or do some other procedure. And then you leave with a prescription or a human sounding or even a not human sounding reassuring <laughs> voice telling you what you can do at home to feel better. Yeah. Isn't that crazy to consider, right? And, you know, will AI replace doctors by gaining medical knowledge and learning how to talk in a very comforting voice? (laughs) You know, can an AI powered robot learn nursing skills and replace nurses and techs? You know, it it's scary to to think, but you know, but it does seem like the general consensus among people in health and tech is no, like that is not imminent. People do still crave actual human interaction and real compassion when it comes to their health, you know, at least for now. Right. And there's a study for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, So the Pew Research Center surveyed 11,000 U.S. adults about their thoughts on AI in healthcare, and they published the results in February of this year. So in that survey, 60% of people said that they would feel uncomfortable if their own healthcare provider relied on AI to do things like diagnose disease and recommend treatments. It's that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. And and why? Why did they feel that way? Well, so part of the reason is that people seem unconvinced that AI will improve health. Only 38% said using AI in diagnosis and treatment recommendations would lead to better health outcomes for people generally. Um, while 33% said it would lead to worse outcomes, and 27% said they didn't think it would make a difference. So people were really split. So, I mean, I think it's clear that the general public has some skepticism about AI in healthcare and in medical decision making. Right, right. And in fact, 57% of people in that survey said using AI to do things like diagnose disease and recommend treatments would make the relationship between patients and healthcare providers worse. So more than half of people felt like it would make the, relation, the relationship worse. Only 13% say it would be better. And there were some positive findings in the survey, like people were more likely to think AI would reduce medical errors. So there's that potential. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what's funny, Lisa? So the most striking thing to me was that 75% of people surveyed were worried that healthcare providers would move too quickly to adopt AI into healthcare before we knew what the risks are for patients. That is so interesting because in my opinion, it's not healthcare providers that would move too quickly. Exactly. Right? It's the it's big tech. It's the companies mm-hmm. that that are the bosses of healthcare providers. I think healthcare providers are also concerned right. about AI. I think they're worried that they'll be forced to incorporate it. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's probably not surprising that this is on both the public's radar and healthcare providers' radar because there does appear to be evidence of AI drift or chat GPT getting dumber. <laughs> a yet to be peer reviewed study out of Stanford seems to indicate that as users have been noticing, the accuracy of chat GPT's responses has been degrading over the past few months. That's right. And, you know, there have been various theories about why that might be, with one of those theories being that user bias is being baked into the algorithms. <laughs> Yikes. Right? I mean, this all resonates, right, with the words of caution that we're hearing from people actually within the tech industry itself. Um, Jeffrey Hinton, the godfather of AI, he left Google earlier this year because he wanted to be able to speak freely about the dangers of AI. He's been saying that the technology is being developed too quickly. And this was also around the time that several tech CEOs and leaders signed a joint letter asking for a six-month pause on the development and testing of the more powerful AI systems that are being released. 
But, you know, I don't think we've seen it slow down. There's no. there's definitely a fear that AI can go rogue. I mean, there was a pretty... Skynet. I'm telling yeah. you, Terminator's coming. You've been right all along. Thank <laughs> Eventually, you. we w- <laughs> you will be vindicated. <laughs> I mean, your vindication started with this like pretty disturbing article that was written by a New York Times reporter earlier this year, in which his chat with an AI-powered chatbot resulted in things totally going off the rails. The chatbot actually declared its love for this reporter no. and. Tried to convince him to leave his wife. (laughs) I mean, this is like if you saw a movie about this, you wouldn't believe it. You'd say it was too unrealistic. We will link to that crazy story in our show notes at HippocraticHost.com. That is so wild. And it just seems like the progression of AI is only ramping up. You know, and that's why we wanted this to be our first show of the season. It's such a complex topic. There's no clear right or wrong way that AI should be incorporated into our general life or into healthcare whether that's on an individual patient level or on a healthcare system level, we're still figuring all of this out, mm-hmm. you know, but one thing is for sure, we all need to proceed with our eyes open. You know, as a patient, we implore you, you know, please <laughs> avoid the temptation to use AI to self-diagnose and treat as it just might not have the full context of who you are, what environment you're in, you know, all of those details. And as physicians, you know, we will need to be careful to vet the technology that we use so we don't inadvertently exacerbate these inequities. That's right. And now it's time for our Physician Mom Hack of the Week. Okay, first of all, searching hack and AI on Google may have landed us on a government watch list of people trying to learn how to hack into computers using AI for nefarious purposes. So, dear listeners, we may need you to bail us out of jail. Okay, keep us in mind. Thanks in advance. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) But our hack this week is to try using ChatGPT as a devil's advocate so you can craft a stronger argument at work or for your kid's school. If you have an issue that you need to bring up and change that you want to see, ask ChatGPT to come up with counter arguments. ChatGPT can help you anticipate the objections so that you can make your argument even stronger. Consider this idea the next time you want to convince someone of something that's important to you. And that's our show. And as always, thank you for listening. In the meantime, for links and more information, check out our show notes at HippocraticHost.com. While you're on the site, you can sign up to make a recurring monthly donation in any amount that you like. And we'll thank you on air, unless you prefer to remain anonymous. Just go to our website and click on the Become a Friend of the Show button. Even just a couple of dollars a month helps. But whether you subscribe or not, we are forever grateful for the time that you spend with us. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and other major social media platforms. And subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts because reviewing helps other people like you find the show. And we love hearing from all of you. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Health at Home with the Hippocratic Hosts. Remember that all views expressed here are our own, not our employers, and all content is for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical advice nor the establishment of a doctor-patient relationship. Always consult your own physician or healthcare team for any medical issues. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate us, subscribe, and tell a friend. And check out our website at www.hippocratichosts.com for show notes on this and all our episodes. Can't wait to chat with you next time.